Hi, this is Heather Torville, RN uh, from La Crosse, Wisconsin, and this is for Nursing 426. Um, instructor's name is Christy Artuso, and this is for week number two, Applying Regulations in Varying Care Settings. Um, so for this assignment, I'm doing a podcast, and you'll see the attachment for the reference page there. I have all of my references cited in order, so whenever I state a citation, I will say the source number um, after the quotation. Uh, so for this assignment, it was actually difficult for me because the main objective that we need to accomplish in this assignment, the only source that we really had to go off of as a guide was hard to read and there was a lot of information. So forgive me if this assignment is not completely up to par. Um, please know that I did try my best. So um, introduction, it's best quoted in the Essentials of Nursing Law and Ethics book. Uh, While patients' rights have far-reaching incentives for compliance in institutions that participate in Medicare Medicaid payments or those accredited by the Joint Commission, State statutes that enumerate suit and patient's rights may give a private right of action for liability when those rights are negligently deprived and patient injury occurs. That's source seven. So organizations are trying to ensure that patient care is their number one priority while creating a safe work environment, delivering safe patient care based on the fundamentals of Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, COP and CFCs. Well, you ask, what are COPs and CFCs? Uh, well, CFC stands for Conditions for Coverage, and COP stands for Condition of Participation. One might ask, well, why do we have such a thing? Um, source 6, according to them, these health and safety standards are the foundation for improving quality and protecting the health and safety of beneficiaries. CMS also ensures, which CMS is for the Center of Medicaid Services and Medicare Services, um, CMS also ensures that the standards of accrediting organizations recognized by CMS meet or exceed the Medicare standards set forth in the COPs and CFCs. Um, that would be source six. So in this assignment, we had to elaborate on two different practice settings. We had to give varying CFCs and COPs that we came across. Um, we also needed to state conditions for coverage as well as conditions for participation and um, appropriate factors. So let's get started with the two different practice settings. Um, my first practice setting is the place that I work at, which is Gunderson Health System in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I work in the ambulatory inpatient, um, excuse me, outpatient ambulatory infusion center. And I'm a hematology oncology nurse. Um, my second practice setting is one that I researched from the CMS website, which is a long-term care facility um, that was listed on that actual site itself. Um, so when it comes to varying CFCs and COPs, um, quote, Gunderson Health System's compliance program was established in 1998 to ensure and formalize organizational compliance with all applicable federal and state laws and regulations. And as recommended in these guidelines, Gunderson's compliance program includes the following seven elements. Um, number one is designations of a chief compliance officer and compliance committees written policies, procedures, and standards of conduct, training and education, effective lines of communication, monitoring and auditing, enforcement of standards and sanctions for noncompliance, and responding to detected offenses, source two. 
In the long-term care facility, Statute 483.10G, Examination of Survey Results F-167, a resident has the right to examine the results of the most recent survey of the facility conducted by federal or state surveyors and any plan of correction in effect with respect to the facility. I found it interesting that the facility also needs to make the results available for the examination in a place that is readily accessible for residents and anyone to post a notice of their availability. That is cited from Source 5 on page 520. So next are the conditions for coverage. Well, what is Gunderson's goal? Their goal is to minimize the loss to the government from false claims and thereby avoiding sanctions, administrative remedies, such as exclusions from the Medicare and or Medicaid programs. That's source number two. And as far as the long-term care facility is concerned, the provisions of this part contain the requirements that an institution must meet in order to qualify to participate as a skilled nursing care facility in the Medicare program. And as a nursing facility in that Medicaid program, they serve as the basis for survey activities for the purpose of determining whether a facility meets the requirements for the participation in the Medicare and Medicaid. And that is from source one. Uh, so as far as the conditions for participation, um, I just kind of took a guess because it wasn't really elaborate on the CSM website. Uh, so for instance, for the conditions of participation, to receive payment under Medicare and Medicaid, the hospital must protect and promote patients' rights under the following standards. Notice of rights, exercise of rights, privacy and safety, confidentiality of medical records, restraint or seclusion. And that is source 7 on page 74. Accreditation by the Joint Commission also includes establishing procedures to ensure patients' rights. That's from Source 7 on page 74 as well, um, which Gunderson Health System is actually accredited through. The Joint Commission standards deal with hospital quality, safety of care issues, and the safety of environment in which care is provided. That's Source 3. Now, I don't know about the long-term care facility that was listed on the specific website, but Gunderson actually made HealthGrade's top 50 hospitals in the nation, and you can actually go onto the HealthGrade's website to see how their joint commission surveys have gone. And I also researched a long-term care facility locally to La Crosse here called Bethany Riverside, and there were actually severity tags that were listed, and two of them really stood out to me. Um, so under nursing home enforcement, there was a right to be free from physical restraints, TAGS 0221, Severity Code Level D, and also a right to participate planning care and revising the care plan, TAGS 0280, which is Severity E. Now, when talking about severity levels, um, from Source 5 indicates that the severity level reflects the impact of the deficiency and is categorized by four levels of harm. There are three scope levels assigned to a deficiency, which is isolated, pattern, or widespread. And the survey agency determines the scope and severity levels for each deficiency cited at a survey. So, you know, we always have these joint commission walkthroughs come, usually every two to three years. And... In our specific facility, I know that we got marked down specifically because the patient identifiers were not correctly 
used. Um, for instance, the patient's wristband. We are an outpatient ambulatory setting, so we typically put the wristband on the patient chair next to them or on the medication cart in their specific personal room. And the Joint Commission came by and gave us a mark for that because they said that that wristband was specifically supposed to be worn on the wrist at all times until the moment of discharge that day. And so um, from that standpoint, you know, something that seems so small retrospectively is actually very large in nature. So with that being said, we're going to dive into appropriate factors. So two of the appropriate factors that I thought were applicable to this assignment were patients' rights and responsibilities and privacy of medical records, both equally important. So at Gunderson, high-quality care, clean, safe environment, involvement in your care, and protection of your privacy and help with your bill, source four. That's specifically stated on their Patients' Rights and Responsibilities webpage. As far as the long-term care facility, Intent Statute 483.10A2 states that this regulation is intended to protect each resident in the exercise of his or her rights. And a facility conducted by federal or state surveyors and any plan of correction in effect with respect to that facility. And they need to make the results available for examination in a place readily accessible to residents and must post a notice of their availability. So that's Source 5, page 33. I know I'd mentioned that earlier, but I really think it's important that when it comes to patients' rights, that if they are staying at a long-term care facility, they have the right to know exactly what is going on with that establishment. And if the people that they are involved with every day taking care of them, making sure that they're up to standards on all of the statutes and limitations that are set before them. Um, secondly, the privacy of medical records. For Gunderson, um, Source 4 says, in order to disclose protected health information, we require signed authorization from the patient or legal guardian. And Gunderson Health System respects each patient's right to confidentiality and privacy of healthcare information. So in order to disclose protected health information, we actually require signed authorization from the patient or the legal guardian. And the healthcare record is property of Gunderson Health System for the use specifically for hospital, clinic, medical staff, and the benefit of the patient. Now, you can get copies of your health information at any time. We actually have a MyCare application on the website that you can get access to your personal health information, such as your lab results, your progress notes from your last medical visit, um, test results from x-rays or CT, MRI imaging um, of that nature. And so as far as the long-term care facility... Statute 483.75 I3 says the facility must safeguard clinical record information against loss, destruction, or unauthorized use. And intent 483.75 I3 to also maintain the safety and confidentiality of the patient's record. That's Source 5, page 531. So HIPAA plays a vital role in making sure that health information is protected. So... In conclusion, Source 7, page 75, there is a really good quotation from that, and it says, success is determined by quantifiable measure, such as an audit of charts for pain management assessment, intervention, and reassessment, or the signature of an interpreter on an informed consent form for a hearing-impaired patient. You know, when it 
thinking about success in terms of accreditation, participation, um, conditions for medical coverage with Medicaid and Medicare services, organizations take pride in certifications upheld by their employees. It is imperative that we as nursing staff are familiar with our organization's policies on accreditation to ensure conditions of participations and for coverage through the centers excuse me, of Medicare and Medicaid services. If we don't focus on this framework, we can lose, lose patients, we can lose staff, and of course produce a financial strain within the healthcare organization. So whether it's an infusion center at Gunderson Health System in La Crosse or a long-term care facility, both take part in providing patient advocacy while meeting and maintaining accreditation standards. Thank you and have a wonderful day.